from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the at-home edition of the Life Changes Show. Look the we have tonight's guest, Georgetown lines. freshman author, Carter Weinstein. Musical guest, Anya Fiore. I am Mark Lejure, and now Look our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Boccaggio. I am particularly excited about today's show. Uh, I, I can't even tell you. As a life coach and a workshop leader of the recalibration, I have had so much experience uh, with people bringing in stories that happened so long ago in their life. And usually uh, in the period that we're going to be talking with our guests today. Uh, as a matter of fact, one story that I have told many times with permission, without mentioning anybody's names, but with permission from uh, the person who, who um, brought this story to the workshop, uh, was a, a man in his 70s who carried something with him all his life since sleepaway camp in his early teens, where a situation happened where he misunderstood his mother, and he ended up uh, keeping that uh, close to him and his heart uh, all through his life. And so... Uh, I could tell you stories after stories of people that speak about in their teens this happened, in their teens that happened. And so it's exciting to me, beyond exciting, to be able to bring uh, our guests to our audience who, who at his age has not only experienced much of, of what a lot of teens, if not maybe even most of them, experience that uh, later on could be even bigger problems than, than they are now, uh, but rest assured they are big problems now that, that want to be addressed, need to be addressed, and this young man has found ways along with uh, his parents and life coaches to not only uh, deal with uh, the situation, uh, overcome the situation, have tools for uh, experiences that might come about where he could use uh, his tools for those situations. Uh, he has written a book where he shares with his uh, fellow teenagers and parents of teenagers uh, these same stories and how he has overcome and the tools that they too could use uh, in support of each other and themselves. I, I, I'm thrilled, uh, kudos to him. You'll hear why the excitement when we bring on our guest, uh, Carter Weinstein, and then a little later on with our live musical guest, Anya Fiore, and the music that she shares, which in a sense, helps people conquer fear and overcome anxiety as well. So we'll talk about all that happily on the Life Changes Show online edition right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? 
Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome, L.A., on the BBS Radio Network, with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at LifeChangesShow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at lifechangesnetwork.com or askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at Life Changes Show and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. We are back. I am Filippo, host of the Life Changes Show, and our guest wrote Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety while a senior in high school to provide a firsthand perspective of hope to fellow teens and young adults with acute anxiety, the challenge Carter has faced his whole life. And he is now a freshman at Georgetown University and he is the proud author of this book, and I am proud of him and proud that we have him on the show. Welcome, Carter Weinstein, to the Life Changes Show. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure indeed, as you've heard me already be excited about this. And uh, you heard one of the reasons I'm excited is because later on, people... Uh, uh, in life who have not dealt with these kinds of things have to eventually deal with them, or so it seems. Uh, how does it feel? I know it's only been a short time, but in this time, when you have found ways to deal with certain things, how does it d feel now looking back saying, uh, what do you say? Like, I wish I would have had this then, or I'm glad I have it now, or what do you say about it? those experiences? Well, I think I would say that I'm glad that um, my book is making an impact on, uh, on on such a great scale. You know, I'm grateful to all the people, people who've helped me along the way, um, you know, whether it be friends, family, um, you know, life coaches, therapists along the way who have been, you know, so supportive. Um, I, I think it's one of the, the main things I talk about throughout the book is, is that building that supportive network, along with many of the other anecdotes and tips and tricks and tricks that I say. Um, but it, it's been quite a journey. And just to see that, you know, all of my hard work and is coming to fruition um, is really impactful for me. And I hope it's uh, inspires so many teens that are just going through what I went through. Very good. So I mentioned a particular experience with a, a, a gentleman who had a, a, a not so good sleep away camp experience. Uh, 
and you also have a sleepaway camp experience as well. So uh, what what would seem like a fun thing for kids can potentially be full of anxiety. And uh, so talk to us about that particular experience. Sure. So when I was younger, really the first time I'd gone away for an extensive period of time, um, was going away to sleepaway camp um, in Austin, Texas with a couple of friends of mine. And uh, the most I'd ever been away from my parents was, you know, just uh, just nights away at, at friends' house, just sleepovers. Um, and, and granted, being away for a couple of weeks was certainly a shock to me. Um, I had been, you know, been growing up in, in my environment in Dallas, Texas for the entirety, basically, of my life. Um, and so being in another place for such an extensive period of time without people who were usually surrounded by, you know, friends, family, et cetera, you know, not being in that, that typical environment that I was so used to. Um, was a little bit daunting. And I feel like it'd be daunting to anybody, but certainly um, my symptoms in terms of, you know, um, you know excessive sweating, um, you know, increased heartbeats, mm. um, even like shedding of tears at, at such a young age was, you know, un- understandable looking at it from here, but certainly I was not entirely sure how to deal with it um, at that particular time. Mm. How uh, did you resolve the bulk of this? At the time, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, it was a a, a, a genuine uh, marathon and not a sprint, which is something that I talk about throughout the book. Um, it, it all has to do with this idea of exposure therapy. You know, had my friends and family not, you know, pushed me to become the best version of myself, um, you know, entertain the idea of going to um, collegiate institutions over the summer to try to, you know, expose myself to, to my anxiety, to my nervousness, to my fear, I would have never been able to, to conquer it and frankly overcome, you know, that tribulation that was within my life. So had I not faced it head on by doing these obstacles that were so arduous and difficult for me, I never would be at the place where I am today. So uh, in, in the, the process, you, you learned uh, how to be a, a better you. It, going into it, uh, how, how to potentially uh, be a parent that, that comes to understand uh, that, that we don't know uh, what a child is going to go through. So how, how might it have been introduced to you particularly uh, different, for example? Like what, what might have been the steps leading up that you think might have helped you? Yeah, I, I think what's important um, at any level in, um, is is reducing the stigma with anxiety. You know, there's been so many athletes, celebrities, and and grandiose professionals who have experienced great success in their own right that have come out and said, Hey, I've had my own issues, my own trepidations with with mental health. You know, if we're able to to normalize this idea that mental health is just as important as our physical health, you know, we go to our annual physical, uh, you know, at our at our internist, at our doctor, um, to try and and maintain our health. It should be the exact same thing, um, when it comes to to mental health, especially you know people who are are, are working hard. Um, like I said, in, in any right, you know, for 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 parents to understand this, it needs to be a multi generational process. You know, kids are beginning to understand that mental health is is an okay conversation to have, and it needs to have um, something. This needs to happen on all levels. Now, in my book specifically, I'm addressing teens, but this is a message really for everybody. 
mm-hmm. to understand that you're not the only one that's going through this particular phenomenon. So if parents are able to rationalize that, because you know any adult, anybody in the world is experiencing stress and have, and have their own idiosyncrasies, whatever it might be, if they're able to understand that and they're able to rationalize and, and sympathize with what their teen is going through, that's going to go a long way in the understanding and connection between the parent and the teen. And uh, that is is wonderful. Thank you for that message and and coming from you uh, in in the thick of things because uh, I, I it is d- does not uh, fall uh, on on deaf ears uh, here that uh, you are in college right now. So you you have new dorm situations. You have new class situations. Uh, uh, and and uh, you're away from your family again, and but it's also in the middle of what's going on in the world. So technically, what you're going through, a lot of teens have gone through for many, many decades. However, uh, in this particular moment, nobody has gone through it. So uh, are the tools supporting you in this new experience that we're having in the world? Most definitely. At the end of the day, a journey with anxiety and stress and conquering your own fear is an uphill battle. You know, something that's one of the most important things that you have to recognize is that there are going to be setbacks. Um, COVID-19 is no exception on a number of different fronts. I was going into college um, earlier uh, last last year, um, really with the mindset of not knowing what to expect. You know, here at Georgetown, here in Washington, D.C., everybody still wearing masks, you know, we're, we're trying to maintain social distance. But, you know, I have so many friends that are, you know, back home, back in Texas, who are experiencing very, you know, very different things. You know, there's no masks, everybody's kind of clumped together. So, you know, well, I mean, wh- whatever you think about it, it's certainly, it, it's a bit of a change. It's a bit of a different environment. And that's something that you have to be able to adapt to, um, you know, being away thousands of miles away from Dallas, which is significantly further than when I was in Austin, um, or a lot of the other places, which, which I'd be more than happy to touch on. Um, it, it's a massive adjustment for anybody. And I definitely would say that COVID is, has amplified that, but the tips and the tricks that I mentioned are very much still applicable. You know, I know part of your goal is to help other teens and, and, and people live uh, their best life, knowing that, uh, that, that something, uh, that there is support in, in this, uh, field, uh, at the same time, uh, you, uh, you, you're, you're, you're living it. So uh, I want to add to what I was saying before, from college applications to testing and to uh, uh, student organizations and all of that. It, it, and, and including this very moment on air, uh, sharing your thoughts at, at your age. I, I'm proud of you. I'm, in, I'm impressed, and, and I barely know you except for what I read about you in the conversation that we had prior. But I, I, kudos to you again. Uh, so tell us one of the one of the main things that, like even potentially preparing for a, a talk show like this, uh, one of the main things that you either tell yourself or, or do with yourself or for yourself that, that supports you. What is one of the fundamental things? So I'll give you a brief overview of what I would say are the most important takeaways. Um, the first thing is that um, it's accepting that you're not alone in this process. 
like I said, there are so many successful individuals who have all come out and have talked about their mental health, have all talked about their anxiety. You know, if you look to your right, you look to your left, and you listen to, you know, people around you, you know, everybody has stuff going on in their life. You know, it manifests itself in so many different ways. Secondly, I would say you've got to be willing to work and you've got to be willing to try new things. You know, with COVID-19, it's no exception. You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to be able to change. You have to realize that there's going to be so many forks in the road and so many challenges. But my dad always used to tell me that the greatest things in life are usually the things that are the hardest to work for. Um, and, and that's completely true. And anxiety and stress is no exception. Understanding that there's going to be setbacks and that it's not going to be easy is one of the first steps in the process. More specifically on, um, you know, things that I can, that I do to calm myself down before big events, big tests, you know, whatever it might be, things that anybody would get stressed about would be deep breathing, meditation, visualization. These seem like a bit, you know, cliche in terms of that's what everybody says, but in all honesty, they've really worked for me. And some of the tricks and tips that I'm going to say um, here on the show and, and in the book might work for me and they might not work for you, but it's about kind of finding those tools that are applicable for your own life um, that, that are going to work. And the last thing I would definitely say is that exercise and sleep. I mean, often when we don't have enough rest, we don't get enough physical activity. I think any physician or any psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever you might have, it would tell you that we're irritable when we don't have enough of these things. And often our, our, our hormones and our anxiety and stress can be heightened during these times. So these are just basic, simple things that you can do to help uh, try to alleviate your own stress and anxiety in your life. You know, the, they are basic. Uh Potentially, they can be simple. It's certainly simple to say and think about. Uh, to actually put them into practice has not been simple for a lot of people. To have them coming from you with uh, uh, your life ahead of you, so to speak, if, if people could uh, embrace these fundamental tips and tools, uh, I, they could support in ways uh, beyond uh, what we even know. We don't seem to have a lot of examples of people that have uh, done this very thing that you are suggesting that is is simple uh, throughout their lifetime. We don't have a lot of examples like that on television or in our movies. I, I trust you may be one of these examples, uh, even more so years to, to come from now, Carter. Uh, so the book that Carter Weinstein wrote is called Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Now, the, the fact that you are a teen uh, is even more important for things like uh, relationships and, and obviously not just romantic relationships, but at school and at home. And, and you mentioned your dad earlier. So let's let's start with that, being able to talk with our parents, how important do you feel it is for our parents to be able to hear us and us to be able to talk to our parents as a team? I honestly think it's critical. Um, you know, having an open dialogue with your parents, but not even just your parents, you know, having supportive people around you, and hopefully that's your parents, but if not, I mean, talking to friends, talking to other family members, other, other individuals that, that you know will listen. Sometimes, it, you know, trying to get advice and quote unquote, trying to help is not even the best idea when it comes to mental health. Just someone to listen, someone to understand what you're going through, um, and, and really just, um, you know, someone to, to, to take in what you're trying to say. Because often what so many teens are actually looking for is just someone to, to hear their thoughts, hear their emotions, 
um, and, and almost try to like reciprocate those feelings because it can certainly feel lonely when, you know, you're just, when you're talking to an adult and they're just trying to reciprocate advice. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book in the first place. Um, I saw that there was a bit of a disconnect between the adult psychologists who were actually writing the books and mm. the teens who needed to read them. And so having a teen, a book that was by a teen for a teen, um, I thought was a critical aspect of this. And hopefully teens and, and individuals that are around my age are going to be relate to this, uh, are going to be able to relate to this on a much grander scale. So Carter, let's let's go deeper into that because it's such a key point as well. So uh, it, 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 listening, I hear listening uh, as very important. Uh, I also hear that maybe giving advice right away, uh, especially without listening, <laughs> is is not the most helpful thing that that seems to me like what you shut down with with that kind of experience as a teen yeah sure i mean i think that that's kind of applicable to to so many different situations i, I think the first thing to do in in any sort of um in, in any sort of anxiety or stress related situation is just kind of try to pull yourself out of the, the scenario itself and be able to express your feelings and express your emotions and then from there try to conquer it and try to solve it um, from the information that's been given. Okay, so uh, expanding expanding upon that. So uh, relationships at schools. We're talking uh, teachers. We're talking administrators and other students, and and uh, th- and then obviously there's romantic relationships and and all of that. I mean, there is fear and there's anxiety on uh, on so many levels for people. Uh, for the rest of their life, possibly, uh, and we experience it throughout. So what are you saying would be uh, the foundations that you are laying for those kinds of, of relationships as they're, as they're starting out? Certainly when it comes to school, I, I kind of want to reiterate what you said. I mean, you know, we're not just talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about friendships. We're talking about relationships with teachers. You know, schoolwork gets in the way of our social lives and our home lives a lot. I mean, it's only getting more challenging. It's only becoming more abundant. And so I would say laying a baseline, laying a, a framework for your anxiety all starts with building a cohesive network of individuals, um, and, you know, as many as possible, as many people as possible that you can have in your corner to be able to talk to, be able to go to. Um, you know, whether you're, you're, you're in an extreme state of anxiety and having something along the lines of a panic attack, or you're just stressed out and you need to, you know, get whatever is going on off your chest. Um, that is something that's critical and, uh, and something that's really important to do. Um, you know, establishing that, establishing that judgment-free zone is one of the first steps when it comes to laying that framework and the basis for conquering your fear and anxiety. So where does play fun humor, uh, uh, games, where, where does that play into your, your experience with this? Well, I mean, I, I would say for me, the, the way that, um, you know, I mean, I, I was always pretty big into sports in high school in the same way in middle school. And I always have been, you know, big into soccer, football, basketball, et cetera. Um, so often I, you know, I'd find myself able to relieve stress and anxiety, um, you know, on the field, on the court, whatever it might be, um, just uh, almost it's helpful to, to, you know, theoretically sweat it out. Um, because a lot of the time, you know, we'll be worked up over a situation and, 
and being able to hang out with friends, being able to, to do what you love, being able to you know be on the field is, is something that's, that's so helpful um, and, and helping you um, take that anxiety and, and releasing it by doing something that you love. Well, uh, certainly there are a lot of things that a college student especially has to do or a, a student who is uh, college hopeful like uh, applications and, and tests and, and uh, uh, all, all kinds of uh, uh, visiting visiting colleges, all things that at times uh, some a parent, uh, e- even myself as an uncle, I, I, I think to myself, oh, this is fun. Yes, let's go look at a school. And I've had the, uh, the pleasure of getting to do that. And I've been excited uh, in 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 the cases that I've done this with other um, uh, with with other young people, but not uh, not I, I was thinking in terms of somebody who's already gone through that experience and how exciting I think that could be and not from the perspective until you, Carter, until this this conversation today, not from the perspective of how are they experiencing it? And so give us some idea of what they could be thinking about that we hadn't thought about from our perspective as an adult. I would say the most common uh, misconception among teams, or, or maybe even it's a correct, it's a correct conception is that, um, you know, that, that parents really don't understand you know, what's going on, that they have absolutely no relation, you know, they're not growing up today. You know, and and something that I talk about Mm -hmm. a lot throughout the book is social media. Social media plays a massive part um, into that. Um, And and I'll speak about that real quick. I would say, you know, one of the greatest things with social media um, that has been such a, a proponent of stress and anxiety with almost anybody is this idea of profile anonymity. And what I mean by that is that basically anybody can create an Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever uh, may have account and say anything they want about anybody they want. And mm. there's really no repercussions, unlike the real world, meaning the, the non-digital world, that is. Um, and so cyberbullying is a massive part of that. I'm also creating uh, unrealistic standards, whether that has to do with body image or that has to do with uh, financial success. You'll see people posting you know, how much money they have or you know uh, how their work has been paying off in the gym, et cetera. And it's basically creating this, this false image of, of what teens and adolescents um, have to and should aspire to be. And if they don't meet that mark, therefore they're seen as almost a bit of a failure in their own eyes. Mm. Um, and, and, and that manifests itself with guys, girls, you know, whatever may, may have you. Um, and it's, it just comes in like so many different forms and it's only going to increase is what I don't think people are understanding is that as, you know, technology increases, as social media becomes, um, you know, more, more prevalent, um, in the line, in the lives of, of young adults and teenagers, that's only going to uh, manifest itself in so many different ways that we're not even ready for yet. Carter, thank you for going there. How does gaming fit into what you just said? Are you referring to like video games and stuff yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I'm, I'm guilty a little bit of, of playing too many video games with my friends sometimes. You know, if I have free time, that's a good way for me to connect back with my high school friends because, you know, they'll have their Xbox or PlayStation, um, you know, in their dorm or, or some of my friends that are still in high school. Um, you know, there, there's, there's an element sometimes of, of toxicity um, that doesn't get 
that doesn't get talked about when it comes to gaming. Um, you, you know, like I said, you know, you're not looking at someone face to face. You're able to talk to someone over a microphone. And, the, you know, like I said before, there also could be that level of anonymity. You can play with, you know, random people. You can say whatever you want. Um, and there, frankly, are, are no real repercussions when it comes to stuff like that. And that can be damaging, especially to, to, to kids at a younger age who don't really understand that concept of, of, of you know, people feeling like they're so empowered because they are behind, um, you know, they are behind the safety of their screen. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting to ask this, but having said, uh, heard what you just said, might, uh, I know, for example, when I'm playing certain games where there's a clock and it's a timing thing and uh, I, I get a little bit anxious that I, I didn't beat my time from last time or I didn't beat so-and-so. Uh, does that add to uh, anxiety if we're doing that over and over again, in your opinion or your experience? Sure. I, I think that's that's true on any front. You know, I think that's true in video games. I think that's true in, in um, in-person sports. You know, I, I think, you know, any time that there's some sort of like a, a deadline or, or something is, is on the line, like, you know, you need a couple more points to win or, you know, there's five seconds left on the game clock and you need to hit the winning for three. Otherwise, you don't make it to the playoffs, like things like that. Um, I mean, like I remember experiencing all of that throughout middle school, throughout high school. And it's it's a bit of an adrenaline rush. And it's almost like disappointing, you know, when you don't hit that three, you know, when you don't get that last shot off. So, I, I, yeah, that definitely is a is a source of anxiety, probably for anybody, even, you know, professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, uh, as as we can see, this this conversation is deep and it can go deeper and deeper. There are so many layers to this. And I am so glad that it's uh, being uh, touched upon in in a great way by uh, Carter and in his book, Conquer Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Uh, among his stories, he also gives six pivotal tips, which he's actually touched upon. But when we come back, uh, we'll go a little bit deeper into them. Uh, again, Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. The book is available online where books are sold, but you could go directly to Carter Weinstein, and that's Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R, W-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N, book.com. We'll get a chance to chat a little bit more with Carter after the break here. In uh, our next segment, we'll have our Ask Dorothy segment. And then later on, live music with Anya Fiore, all on the Life Changes show at Home Edition right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. 
The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to the Life Changes Show live from Vortex Dome LA with your host, Filippo Volcaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangesshow.com, via Twitter at Life Changes Show, and Facebook at Life Changes Show. I am Filippo. We are back to the Life Changes Show online at home edition. We have titled this episode 673, A Teenager's How To Conquer Fear and Overcome Anxiety. It's a tall order especially in the world we're living in today, for almost anyone to be sure. Uh, for a teenager, I just can't imagine. As before uh, we went on the break, we uh, talked about six pivotal tips that are offered in the book Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Um, at, at the same time, also, uh, there uh, these tips... Uh, Thankful to uh, thankful to Carter for for sharing with us our, our tips that he's learned on his own through his uh, life coaches and and working with uh, his parents and through his parents and psychologists and all of that and that he has gotten uh, some help. There are people who uh, can't either afford it or don't know how to start getting help or ask for it or or don't know where to get it. So. Potentially, this is a good start. The book may be a good start for teens, and uh, what we're about to hear now might be uh, good for teens and parents, right, uh, Carter? You have some thoughts on on both sides of the fence, so to speak. Yeah, that's correct. You know, I would say that the book, um, and, and certainly myself, um, have experienced in with both parents and teens, and and hopefully. You know, both adults and adolescents can can gain something from reading it. So, so where so where would we start? We don't have to go through all six, or you have five and five uh, other um, tips and tools as well. But wh- wh- where's a where's a good place to start? And you've already started. You've already shared so much. So uh, uh, let's. Some of it will be a review, right? Definitely. You know, and, and I can I can dive into some other things as well. Um, just, just to reiterate what I had said before, and then we can move on to some other things. You know, uh, first thing being, you know, understanding that you're not alone in this whole process. Like I said, you know, so many successful individuals, athletes, celebrities, you know, all going through things like this. Um, the second thing being, you know, you've got to be willing to try new things, especially during this pandemic. It admits, you know, so much, so many new trials and tribulations that individuals like myself has never faced before. That's something that you've got to be able to adapt to. You've got to be able to understand that there are going to be setbacks at the end of the day. Um, I use this phrase over and over again throughout the book. It is a marathon and not a sprint. There's no magic pill that's going to get you over the hump at the end of the day. You're going to have to be willing to work for it. And you're going to be having, you're going to have to be willing to go through some of that tough exposure therapy that I had to go through myself. And uh, so many other individuals are going to have to face in the future. Um, and then in terms of the, the specific um, techniques that I talked about, deep breathing, meditation, visualization, making sure that you do have enough sleep and enough exercise. And that's what we've kind of gone over so far. Yeah. So now I know that there's more you want to share. We have a few minutes, so please uh, dive deeper as you will. Sure. So something that I want to mention 
is um, that I worked with a professional coach um, who is a PhD, and she really helped to guide me throughout the process. Now, this is something that's going to that worked for me. Now, not something that's going to work for everybody. Um, but you know, it, it kind of your experience with therapy or working with a life coach is all about finding the right person that not only connects with you, but that you connect with. Um, and this is something critical in order to have that open dialogue. Um, she helped me with so many uh, you know, tricks and tips um, that I mentioned um, throughout the book. And one tool, especially that you'll see, um, that's, that's something that I worked on together um, with her, is something called an anxiety chart. It's a ranking sheet, um, essentially where you're able to physically write down uh, from zero to 10 the things that make you the most anxious. Um, zero and one being, you know, your your baseline, you know, doesn't really make you anxious at all. Ten being the things that, um, you know, could lead to a panic attack. And being able to tangibly write some of these, um, you know, some of these ideas and some of these phenomena down um, help you to rationalize and understand that 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 often so many of our fears, so many of our um, stresses in our daily life are in fact irrational. Um, something that I had uh, talked about when when giving a speech at my summer program at, at Yale a couple of years back was this idea of how anxiety and stress came about in the first place. You know, it all had to do with, you know, you go back years and years and years ago um, as a caveman. You know, why fear why fear was was implanted within ourselves in the first place. So that caveman did not jump into a fire. They did not hop off a cliff, et cetera. You know, things that are actually dangerous to our body. However, Fear and anxiety has adapted itself over time to given a to give us um, you know these pieces of stress that can be irrational. So it's a an overall recognition of that to understand um, how some of our fears and some of our pieces of anxiety are actually outdated is a critical part of this anxiety sheet um, and being able to rationalize your own fears and own, and own stress. That is that is excellent. Uh, thank you for going there, Carter, and 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 good on you. Good on you for sharing. I'm going to reiterate, uh, Carter wants other young people to know that with hard work and support, it is possible to lead your best life. And so uh, living with anxiety is not an easy road, but it is possible to lead your best life. And Carter, uh, more power to you, and thank you for bringing this conversation forward. Conquering Fear, One Teen's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Again, it's his book available where books are sold online and also at his website, carterweinsteinbook.com. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook at Carter Weinstein Book. Uh, I will spell that again, Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R, Weinstein, W-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N, book.com. Carter, an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to checking in again with you sometime. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's our pleasure. Uh, You're welcome. And so thank you to Carter. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy question. Dear Dorothy, this is James and I am in terrible pain over my pending divorce. I am still in love with my wife, even though she has lied and has cheated on me for years. Our two kids know she lies and are upset that she has another man in her life. I know my marriage is over, and yet I am filled with anger and hatred and want to prove to the world that she is the bad one. Our friends think the opposite is true. I am beginning to believe that I have lost my mind and gone mad. She has convinced so many people that I am the evil one. I was a good husband, even though I did cheat on her a time or two, and I confessed these times to her. 
I sob all of the time, except when I am with my kids. You have met them and know how exceptional they are. I love them so much, and I don't know what to do because I am now hating myself. Please help me. Dear James, you haven't gone mad. You are simply experiencing an emotional breakdown, which is a very common occurrence for someone in your present circumstances. You say you love your kids, and I know that you do. So let's find a way for you to shift your self-hatred into self-love. Your kids know she lies, and now they're scared for you. Your kids love you, and since you love them, you can choose to shift into your higher God self and be the kind of father they deserve. You are the only one, James, whose opinion of you counts other than the opinions of your children. They need you to be 100% love. Anger, hatred, and sadness are forms of fear, and they don't serve you at this time. And they certainly don't serve your children when you influence their states of mind by your state of mind. So yes, your kids are exceptional and truly dialed in. So please get you and them some help in dealing with this change in their lives. A good counselor can help you find a way to close this chapter of your life in a very healthy way. And let's not forget that this sadness is not really about her. Once you love you, you will see that whatever anyone else thinks and feels is their stuff and has nothing to do with the truth of who you are. You are love, and love chooses joy over fear and loneliness and needing things to be different. Your kids need to see you shine, filled with love. This is why they chose you to be their dad. So get the help you need, and let's start a happy happier chapter for all concerned. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our musical guest, Anya Fiore, right here on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, 
corporate giants and children, we are here to help and to serve. With heart, integrity, and experience, we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, LifeChangesNetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at lifechangesnetwork.com. Wow, we're back. What a show. And uh, what a great way to continue with uh, the, the great uh, information and energy we're putting out with our musical guest comes a vocalist, a violinist, a songwriter, a producer, a composer, and so much more. Anye Fiori, welcome to the show, Anye. Hello, thank you so much for having me, Filippo. It's a pleasure to have you and to get to know you and your music more. And by the way, I have to say, I love how when I was making sure how to pronounce your first name, you said, it's like, yay, uh, no, the lights are on, yay so on yay and yes. so i thought how appropriate is that because the lights are on and lights are frequency and you're all about that yes i love the light and helping people feel the light and transmitting the light and just all creating more light on this planet when did you, uh, obviously you, you've been musical and, and knew it for, for a while, right? Oh, yes. I, my um, sisters joke that I came out of the womb singing. So there's that. <laughs> yes. When did you know that your music carried light, frequency, medicine? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I have very vivid memories of being a little girl and uh, walking down the street, just humming any just making sound as much as I could. And, and what I now understand as um, kind of otherworldly frequencies, but I didn't know what that was, you know, a few years ago. So, um, and then I, I went through a period where I was very disconnected from myself, which really kind of feels like it ties into um, the other guests that you had and just went through on such a, a human journey of feeling so disconnected and had been through some traumas and just went on this exploration of consciousness and healing and sound and breath work and every modality I could get my hands on to understand my own sensitivities, to understand my own, um, my shadows, my gifts, my, um, just kind of what I'm here to share and be and experience on the planet. So I, I'd say probably about 20 years ago, I started understanding more of that. And then just, you know, it's always a, a, a continued uh, exploration. So there's always more to expand and, and evolve through. You know, during the show, actually, with Carter, we did touch on meditation and uh, we didn't touch on things that, uh, well, music, for example, we didn't touch on that. And uh, because obviously this is such a big conversation, it's a deep conversation. You, you facilitate breath work, which is also another great modality, uh, uh, transformational work, meditation, inner journeys uh, through retreats, individuals and groups. And, and so music is such a big 
part of that. Tell us about how that all comes together. That really combines both of my truest loves is really deeply intimately connecting with people and helping people feel who they are and then serenading them. And so hmm. helping them, um, just holding a really loving, unconditional space for them that's really safe to go deep into their unconscious, deep into their bodies, deep into their hearts and uncover and discover and explore what's there. And then sing and play my violin and bring in some celestial healing frequencies and some primordial eternal um, intention. So that is, that's, and then just feeling people's hearts open and when they can let go and uh, sometimes forgive and sometimes release and sometimes discover a part of themselves that they had forgotten and love up their inner child. There's just so many ways in which you can connect and go on an inner journey. Uh, we don't have to go into it because I don't think you really want to, or we might not have the time, but doesn't your name uh, actually mean something about removing obstacles? It does, it does. And so bringing it back, even as a little girl, I would write out names, exotic names, <laughs> trying uh -huh. to find something that felt more like me. And, um, and then about 15 years ago, I'm, no, oh God, I keep thinking we're in the, like 2018, 2019. So about 18 years ago, I met a, a fellow who had been studying the vibration of frequency and sound and letters and language. So he was open to helping me bring in a name that felt like me and the rest is history. <laughs> Well, yeah, what, what's wonderful is as I'm looking at uh, just even some of the accomplishments that you had, uh, you've had and, and where your music has played on things for Bravo, Lifetime, ABC, MTV, ESPN, uh, and, and the list goes on, including Grey's Anatomy and da, 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 in, in several different continents. And uh, one of the things, knowing your music, and we're going to get a taste of it right now, you uh you're bringing your frequency your your light uh through to through uh these shows into the world so I, I i'm excited about that the people that are doing that kind of work so good on you mm. and thank you thank you thank you so much so so let's get let's get a a taste of of what we're talking about here actually uh we get to hear uh, this first song that you have uh, collaborated with something, uh, collaboration, you've done a lot of work by yourself, but collaboration is actually something you love to do. You're all about it, that. It is. I, you know, it's so empowering to be able to produce and record and write my own, my own music and compositions and songs. And then when you're collaborating with other producers, you, you, they, they can they send me a track and then it inspires something that I wouldn't have come up with on my own. So mm. I love collaborating. And then this this track that I'm going to do called Feel the Light is by an amazing producer called uh, named Conrad Clifton. And so it's a relatively new collaboration. We've got another tune after this in the works. Um, at this when he sent me this track, it's just like, oh, I just feel those moments when you're in, I love writing about love, but when you're in 
that moment when you just don't see a way through and your all your defenses and armor is up in protection mode and you just want to let go and feel each other and connect and um, let the light in and let the love pour through and find ways to communicate. So that's what this one is about. Okay, well, here's Anya Fiori, live actually from Mexico uh, at this moment with her song that she collaborated with Conrad Clifton, she's performing Feel the Light. Wow. 
Wow. Well, Anya Fiori. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to feel the light become sun drenched, sun drenched in the darkness. Is that it? Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. If, if, if you're if you're liking it like I know you are, I'm gonna spell Anye's name for you. O-N-Y-A-Y, Anye, and then Fiori, P-H-E-O-R-I. Anye Fiori Music.com is her website where you could learn more about her and and uh, hear her music and get her music and all of all of that good stuff. You know, Anya, uh, I, I was joking with you uh, during uh, one of our conversations and I thought, wow, you know, I wish you could sing songs that are deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someday, someday I'll do it. Yeah, it's it's funny because they are so deep and, and the process is deep. I was reading about that as well, uh, where it says her process involves a receptivity and communication with the sounds and memories held in these places, translating them through her voice and violin as a sonic shapeshifter, becoming mm -hmm. more human and more than human simultaneously <laughs> oh yeah i feel like we're all truly like this paradox of our humanity and just even on a dna evolution level and then we're all superhuman like we all have these gifts and capacities that we take we don't even we kind of take for granted you know and it's like simultaneously that desire to be special, but not feeling special or, you know, what is that expression, you know, the extraordinary and the ordinary. And so I love writing about the human condition, the human heart and the journey of the journey of the heart and those times of just when we doubt and question and suffer and struggle and then how do we evolve through that how do we love ourselves more how do we have more compassion for ourselves how do we move that through our bodies how do we move that through our hearts how do we just truly surrender and explore the seemingly impossible and so there i just i think we as a human as a humans are really at an evolutionary point where we're opening up to um, go beyond where we've gone before in our minds and our emotions and our hearts and our innovations. And so it's, it just, it feels like a really exciting time. And um, mm -hmm. I'm just excited for more people to really understand who they are and their capacity. I have had the pleasure of being in this kind of space for a long time and, and through the Life Changes show, we've presented so many guests and musicians who have brought these sentiments to the show. To me, this is this is my mainstream. Uh, however, it's it's not necessarily mainstream for everyone just yet. So I'm curious when you're asked to do something that's considered more mainstreamy, of which you've done a lot, like a, a commercial that someday will will come up to the space where it says we want this song exactly like you just did it. Um, 
and and maybe that's happening right now but uh, do you do you put yourself in another space or you do water it down like what is your process like do you simplify it because you know because this is more mainstreamy how for the moment how, how how is that for you that is such an uh, that is such an interesting question because that really actually takes me back to there was this free-flowing poetry kind of writing that i did in my 20s that was kind of rhyme flowing but just so out of the box and kind of abstract and and i remember feeling like i needed to make it more accessible to people and mm -hmm. so when i started songwriting i was doing it was one of two worlds for me it was either just okay what is just what is the simplest way that i can communicate in which anybody can understand but I felt like I was losing some of my inner artist, you know, mm. kind of pushing the boundaries and things. And then there's the part of me that I sing in light languages, so otherworldly light languages. So it was like, ah, oh. when I started singing in those, I was like, oh my God, people are never gonna get this. But it's interesting because as I was performing, I performed for years with the Earth Harp, uh, for anyone mm. who's familiar with the Earth Harp Collective. Yeah. Yeah, so I performed for seven years around the world with them and was able to do at a few shows kind of weave in some of those more otherworldly celestial, like in San Miguel de Allende for the Day of the Dead Festival and doing some otherworldly music. And so sometimes people would go, wait, I, I feel like I knew what you were singing. I didn't know, but I knew I felt it. Mm -hmm. And so and, and, I, and even like, I feel like I know that language, too. So I love that of just feeling more courageous and letting even more of that light language music come out into the world. Um, so I'm excited to be working on some more of those projects and releasing those, uh, hopefully sometime in 2022. And then, you know, I mean, there are always going to be just those human themes that may feel simple. Um, but, you know, people can relate, you know, that human condition of heartbreak and loss and, you know, wanting to feel freedom, like truly free. So yeah. good point. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, we mentioned the violin. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get to hear you play the violin? Yes, you're going to hear. Um, I'm going to do a song called Love Lay Me Down. Uh, and my invitation for you to anyone who's listening to this is to take some really deep breaths into your belly, letting your belly expand on the inhale and release on the exhale. And then as you're breathing and just really regulating your nervous system and feeling your body dropping into your body, start breathing into your heart. And as I'm singing this song and playing a little violin in there, just let yourself go on a journey into your heart of what it would feel like, what it would be like. And maybe you're already in this space of just being truly held and seen and heard and loved intimately and deeply in a way that is so fulfilling and nourishing and beyond your wildest dreams. Here's Anya Fiore with Love Lay Me Down live on the Life Changes Show. Oh <sighs> 
AnyeFioriMusic.com is where you could not only learn about Anya Fiori's music, but also her work and uh, potentially connect with her for a workshop or work with her individually. Anya Fiori, I'll spell that out, O-N-Y-A-Y, P-H-E-O-R-I, music.com. She's also available on social media, YouTube, etc. Anya? Yes. Wow. Hmm. Mm, exactly. I just want to nestle into the heart space with everyone, truly. I mean, these days we're all so go, go, go. And when we can take time to feel, I know it can sound cheesy and love and you know, we all have so many stories and histories with love. And when we can tap into the power of our hearts and the heart brain coherence and truly live in alignment with our deepest truth and feel open and um, trusting in ourselves and life and others, we can really create a new possibility. And so no matter how for anybody going through a hard time, a challenging time, the darkest time of their life or the most joyous time, I'm just celebrating each one of your hearts and sending you love and may you be so blessed and truly free and your spirit soaring and your life just in flow and happy and on fire in all the best ways. Mm. Anya, thank you for that. And I'm reminded during our conversation how you said it's about nurturing and nourishing ourselves. And so I feel very nurtured and nourished uh, by what you have presented here between mm -hmm. your energy, your voice, your music. Thank you so much, Anya Fiori. What a pleasure. Thank you so much, Filippo. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sending you a big hug. Big hug right back and looking forward to connecting when you're back in the good old US of A. In the <laughs> meantime, what a pleasure that we've been able to connect here online uh, yeah. with our musical guest, Anya Fiori, and with our guest, Carter Weinstein. A big thank you to them both. And that is our show on behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and co-host, Mark Legere, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.